Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Eddie Murphy's How Could It Be, from 1985. Cops put a hurting on your ass, man, you know. They really degrade you. White folks don't believe that shit, don't believe cops degrade. Oh, come on, those beatings, those people are resisting arrest. I'm tired of this harassment of police officers. Because the police live in your neighborhood, see? And you be known them as Officer Timpson. Hello, Officer Timpson, going bowling tonight? Yes, uh... Nice pinto you have. <laughs> That's Richard Pryor in 1975, 45 years ago. I play that not because it's just as significant now as ever, but at the time, that Richard Pryor album was an inspiration to a 15-year-old New Yorker named Eddie Murphy. The first time Eddie Murphy ever performed on stage was on July 9, 1976. He performed in a talent show at the Roosevelt Youth Center doing an impression of singer Al Green singing Let's Stay Together. Soon after, he was getting work in comedy clubs. And this was while he was still in high school. Well, sort of. Unbeknownst to his mother, he started skipping school to do his late-night stand-up sets. Here's an interview with Murphy on his first TV appearance, shot in 1980 for The Big Laugh-Off. I decided a very young, I'm 19 now, I decided when I was 17 that I wanted to go into this for real. And I was familiar with stand-up comedy and entertainment since I was 15. A lot of kids tell their parents they want to be doctors and lawyers and garbage like that. But I want to be a stand-up comedian. I told my parents that. And everything's working out for me fine. I'm growing constantly on stage and everything is working out for me. I want to get, I say, famous by the time I'm 21. I'm 19 now. I give myself two years. Also in 1980... Lorne Michaels, the creator of Saturday Night Live, had decided that he was burned out and he was ready to move on to other things. But the show would continue with an all-new cast. A cast that included Gilbert Gottfried, by the way. After five years of being one of the hottest shows on TV, the new season with the new cast was not well received by critics or viewers. But there was one standout in the new cast. And featuring Murphy. Partway through the season, on December 13, 1980, Eddie Murphy was added to the cast as a featured player. At the time, he was the youngest cast member to ever appear on SNL at 19 years old. Eddie Murphy, along with Joe Piscopo, were the only cast members that would return the following season. And that season saw the show's popularity return, with Murphy becoming the breakout star. Over the next few years, he appeared in several classic sketches like Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, Gumby, Alfalfa, and James Brown's Celebrity Hot Tub Party. In 1982, Murphy made his movie debut in the film 48 Hours. His co-star in the movie, Nick Nolte, was set to host an episode of SNL that December, but got sick and he had to cancel. And Eddie Murphy became the only person to ever host SNL while also still in the cast. But I know you people tune in to see one of the stars of 48 Hours host the show, and damn it, you're going to see it, because I'm a host the show. Live from New York, it's the Eddie Murphy Show! By now, he was overshadowing the rest of the cast and appearing in big movies. 
By 1984, he left SNL, and by the end of the year, he had his first solo starring role in Beverly Hills Cop. We're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop was a huge success, grossing over $230 million at the box office, the highest for any movie released that year. Eddie Murphy seemed unstoppable. He conquered stand-up, he conquered television, he conquered movies. He'd even released two successful comedy albums. So what's next? You know where this is going. Here's Eddie Murphy on Late Night with David Letterman. Uh, tell me about your, uh, your music career. You, you've done one album, right, that has not been released? I did two albums, but they were comedy. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on a music album now. You know, what happens is after a while, you start, I guess your ego goes nuts and you say like, I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> And you go, like, I'm in the studio now recording a music album, and you have people that work for you, and they're on the payroll, so they start saying, you can do anything. <laughs> so, so, now, so I'm in a studio recording an album, and I don't even know how great it is, because, like, I'm, I'm in there saying, I'm like, ah, how it sound? Yeah. Listen, oh, it sounds wonderful, Ed. You're a genius. <laughs> um, is my check ready? <laughs> so, like... I don't know how the album sounds. The way I figure it is if it doesn't sound good, the most I'll do is get another five minutes in my stand-up routine because I can talk about the album next year. Singing had always been a big part of Murphy's act, doing spot-on impressions of Stevie Wonder, Elvis Presley, and Michael Jackson. So I've learned that love's not possession. Now Murphy wanted to sing for real, as himself. So on July 20th, 1985, Eddie Murphy released How Could It Be on Columbia Records. You the motherfucker I be doing Stevie Wonder? That shit ain't funny, motherfucker! Stevie Wonder actually wrote two songs for this album. The album opens with one of these, called Do I. Stevie Wonder also plays keyboards on the song, and the song also features guitar from David Williams. You might not know that name, but you've at least heard one of his guitar solos. Do I also features backing vocals by Howard Smith, who would later provide one of the singing voices for the California Raisins. Track two is C.O.N. Confused, which was actually written by Eddie Murphy. The song also features keyboards from Jeff Lorber, who I've talked about on the show before for his work with Bruce Willis on the Return of Bruno album. On bass is Reddy Freddy Washington, best known for his playing on Forget-Me-Nots by Patrice Russian, which was later sampled by Will Smith for Men in Black. C.O.N. Confused also features backing vocals from Daryl Finnessy, who, eight years later, would write the lyrics for the theme song to Frasier. Keep passing, bro, and we'll all 
The album's title track was written by Frank Rusty Hamilton III. He also plays bass and keyboards on the song. Also featured is Crystal Blake on backing vocals. In 1989, Crystal Blake would be heavily featured on Young MC's top 10 hit, Bust a Move. The song also featured Cool and the Gang's Larry Glitton on flugelhorn, and it was actually released as the second single from the album and was a minor R&B hit. Party All the Time was released as a single on September 4th, 1985. People often wrongly credit Rick James for producing this whole album, but in fact, this is the only song he worked on, writing, performing on, and producing. Here's more of Eddie Murphy on Late Night with David Letterman. Uh, but is this the one that you worked on with Rick James? or is that We a... just did one song with Rick called uh-huh. Party All the Time. Yeah. And what happened was I was just going to do a 45, and Party All the Time came out real good. That's because I was working with Rick. It came out real nice. And I tinker around. I got a music room in my house with with little four-track recorder. And right. I made little demos and stuff. And it sounded okay. So <laughs> we, got, we got this stuff together. And we decided to just do a whole album and just try it. Yeah, give it a shot. Though it didn't particularly fare well with critics, Party All the Time was a hit, reaching number two for three weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 and was a top ten hit in Germany, New Zealand, and Canada. The song was recorded at Rick James's joint recording studio in Buffalo, New York, during Buffalo's biggest snowstorm of the year. And all of this was featured on Buffalo's Channel 5 local news. Eddie Murphy has been in Buffalo for almost a week. Most of that time has been spent inside Rick James' recording studio. The pair planned to produce Murphy's first singing single. Their plans were helped when the area was hit with the worst snowstorm of the year. We've been snowed in for four days. I have not left the house since I got here. Part of the challenge to award-winning punk-funk king Rick James was to find Eddie Murphy's style. Well, he's got his own style. He has his own sound. I mean, um, he has a very pleasant... I mean, it's like, a, you know, it's almost like a kid singing, you know? I mean, he's only 22 anyway, so that, that, that youthfulness is still in his voice, you know? That... Murphy is as excited as Slick Rick about the sound they've developed. Did you ever envision the sound that's coming out of the speaker? I don't think it would come out like that. But uh, I was scared when we first came here, but now I'm like this. Did you hear the record? The majority of the album was produced by Stevie Wonder's cousin, Akeel Fudge. He only has two other credits to his name, producing a song for Police Academy's Michael Winslow and a song for the Washington Redskins in 1986. I'm 
might just have to do a Bizarre Singles episode on Patreon for that one. And I'll take this moment to just give you a quick reminder that you can get weekly bonus episodes plus ad-free versions of this show at patreon.com slash bizarre albums. But let's get back to today's album. Akil Fudge makes his one appearance on the record playing tambourine on I, Me, Us, We, a song that also features Dennis Davis on drums, who was best known for his work with both David Bowie and Marvin Gaye. Plus, we have another Bizarre Albums appearance from trumpet player Earl Gardner, who had played on Don Johnson's Heartbeat album. I, Me, Us, We is also another one of the album's songs that was written by Eddie Murphy. The album featured two other songs written by Eddie Murphy. I Wish I Could Tell You When, which he co-wrote with David Jones, and an anti-racism song called My God is Colorblind. The album's closer, Everything's Coming Up Roses, is another song that was written by Stevie Wonder, who produced the song as well. The album peaked at number 26 on the Billboard 200 and number 17 on the top R&B albums chart. And despite its criticisms, Party All the Time was a platinum-selling single. Eddie Murphy would go on to make two more music albums in 1989 and 1992. In 2013, he even released a reggae single featuring Snoop Lion. Snoop Lion was the reggae persona of Snoop Dogg, who released an entire reggae album of his own in 2013. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums.